I'm really excited about this particular episode. In my opinion, it's the most important one I've done. The reason being, I feel like the church is going through a very disruptive spiritual transition. It includes important changes that are needed and that will set us up for good. Those changes ain't easy, though. A lot of people feel lost and without any direction. And if this is you, I feel you. In fact, this episode is my love letter to those who are going through it. It's a reminder from a friend that these type of times, thankfully, won't happen often in one's life. It's going to last longer than you feel it should, but it really is an opportunity for you to trust God in deeper ways and experience his compassion in ways you've never felt before. Don't waste it. If you embrace it, he'll transform you from the inside out. You'll become more like him and fulfill your God-given destiny. I really believe this. And guess what? Our God is in the restoring business. He loves restoring that which was lost. Here's to you, listener. You have someone out here rooting for you. Keep going, and please, don't you dare give up. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. You mentioned transition, and to be honest with you, I have been wanting to talk about this subject for a while now. I haven't gotten the opening to talk about it, but the last time we talked, transition was the main theme, and I heard it all over it, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it now because I think we are in a very particular time in history. I don't think this is a a regular goings-on. I think there is something shifting heavily. Heavens, there's battles happening in the spiritual realm. Heaven is shifting. The kingdom is is expanding at a rate I don't think we understand. Um, It's manifesting in... I think everyone I know is going through some sort of transition... People are losing relationships. People are uh, leaving churches. People are switching careers. There's these these heavy, heavy disruptions in life. And I don't believe this is an accident. I believe uh, as a church, as a people, Christians, sons and daughters of God, there is a shifting happening. The world is dark and God is not okay with it. And God is not okay with the suffering we're going through. Mm -hmm. And so when heaven changes, when heaven and revival happen, people don't understand when they pray for that. (laughs) They're they're opening 
their lives up for a certain type of disruption and transition is extremely difficult because lots of things get exposed mm -hmm. and decisions are made. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? <laughs> that's home. That title goes home very close. <laughs> because I've been in that transition rolling in the past six months. And I, I have to be honest and transparent. It has not been easy. I mean, I've been walking with the Lord now for seven years. I went through a very big transition in my life that I literally thought was not going to come out of it. Um, and to make my story short, the, of course, there's so much to it, but just to make my story so short so you understand transition there and transition now. At that moment, I had just become a Christian. Like I had just given my life to Christ. I had just been baptized. And that's when my first time ever feeling like, I think that was the Lord that talked to me. Like feeling that sense of my heart when he said move to Florida. I have lived 17 years in Connecticut. My whole life was there, right? But I didn't have no friends, no family. It was just like work in my own family. You know, I was married, have two girls. And um, I felt like the Lord says time to move. And I remember when he said, leave it all. Pack five boxes, clothing, and leave. And I did that. I called Habitat for Humanity. I donated everything. And I, I told my daughters and um, uh, my husband at that time, I said, we're moving. I felt the Lord telling me to move. And of course, I created some friction. And I said, well, you can stay. But I felt the Lord telling me to move. And so we ended up all moving here to Florida. And then... I started serving at the church. I, I mean, I know I, I had a hunger for the war. So I started going to all different type of, um, I, I served in every part in the church. Let's put it that way. I just wanted it to, to listen from the Lord. And a few months after we moved to a new place, I didn't know anybody, no have no friends, no family. Um, he went to work one day and never came back. He abandoned me and my daughters. And um, with that, I collapsed. I thought that I almost committed suicide. I have, I mean, he was the only man I never knew. I, he was like my high school sweetheart, father of my two daughters. And just seeing the pain of my daughters because he left all of us, not just me, he left them. And seeing them suffer, that broke me into a place where that's when, when I went on my knees and I said, Lord, if you're real, you need to show up. And um, I remember the day that I was about to commit suicide. And that's when I really heard the voice of the Lord so clearly in my life. And um, he said to me, are you really going to believe who you say that I am? Because that month I had just done a conference at the church where I was talking about the goodness of God. So when he said that to me, I was like, help my unbelief because at this moment I don't see you in this. And... I did a 40-day fasting, and with that 40-day, he baptized me in the house. I was kneading, I was praying, I was crying. He baptized me with the Holy Spirit. I started speaking in tongues. Like, my whole life transformed. I came out of those 40 days of fasting a total different woman. And that's when he started using me to go out on the street and talk to women and start doing Bible studies at home and just reaching the lost, right? And I realized that transition... Um, that I thought was going to break me, actually transitioned me to the God's purpose over my life. So at that moment, I didn't saw it, right? That transition was painful, was hard. It almost broke me, right? 
But that transition was the one that in that moment, it was when I really knew the Lord as Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, El Roy, and all his names, right? And I remember the day that I said, Lord, I just don't understand this pain doesn't go away. And I remember him saying, how would I be your comforter if there's nothing to comfort? How will you meet me as your provider if there's nothing to provide? How will you know me as the healer if there's nothing to heal? So I had to be broken in every part of my life, having no money to do groceries, being alone, like not having no one to even give me a hug. Like I had to be broken in every area of my life for him to actually come in those areas, transform them, heal them, and then use me for his purpose. But if, if it wasn't for that transition, I would not be leaving the calling that he had over my life at that time, right? So that I thought was one of the worst, worst and best moments of my life. At that time, I didn't know it. But for me, now I came to see that it was the best moment because I got to know really the Lord in an intimate way where he really became my everything. What I knew that every time I would breathe and I had that sharp pain on my heart, I will say, you are the God that heals, right? And I keep proclaiming his word, battling in my mind, and just really giving him the opportunity to do what he is, the great I am. And um, so that was one transition that completely shifted my whole life. And it was not a good transition at the time. I mean, I went through, like I said, living every day truly, like, like the word said, our daily bread. Every day a bill will come. I said, Lord, this is your bill. I don't know how you're going to pay for it because I have no job. I, I don't know anybody. And his miracles of provision, like I will go out on the street sometimes to the bank or the grocery or whatever, and people will come to me, people that didn't even know me, and say, hey, I feel the Lord telling me I need to give you this. Wow. And People give me a hundred dollars. I remember one day, I my daughter had called me. She said, "Ma, we need bread and milk." And I'm driving home and I'm crying because I have no money in the bank. And I felt like such a horrible mom. And I remember the Lord said, "Just stop at that networking event." And I went to a networking event. And in that networking event, somebody started calling my name, and I'm like, "That's me." And they say, oh, here's a gift card for Publix. Okay. The light on my car went on. And I went to another event. Oh, Jess, you want a complete oil change? And just like that, he started to show up in different ways, in ways that I never experienced him. But it was through that transition that I, be I started to believe my faith grew. And I started to see the God that heals, the God that comforts, the God that provides. And it started to take all those walls of things that I had grew up believing about him. Because I grew up in Catholic church and they taught me to fear the Lord. But I feel like you said about word, you're going to hell, right? Know the God of compassion, the God that loves, the God that, that comforts us, right? So that transition just completely changed my whole life in perspective. Wow. You know, transition could be so painful. There's so much loss that happens in transition, I feel. You know, um, 
God has been speaking to me a lot about hope lately. And he's been talking to me about, in particular, the hope that Joseph had. Because there had to be a hope in him during all that loss. You know, his transition involved, you know, almost getting killed by his family and then getting sold into slavery, his whole freedom, all his freedom was taken away. And then he was sold as a slave, being forced to live to take care of a man he didn't know and his family. Mm -hmm. And then being accused of something he didn't do and then going to jail. And so his transition was extremely, extremely painful. I, I, I can't even imagine. And life as he knew it, I mean, he, there was no like inkling that he'd ever see his dad again. The, 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 the one guy who, who loved him so much, you know, and, and that he, no inkling that he would ever even see his brother what would cause a man like in that position to work so hard that he gets recognized by Potiphar, Potiphar and promoted? And then when he gets into jail again for something he did, uh, getting accused of something he didn't do, continue to get up and work and get recognized by the uh, all the authorities there and get promoted there as well. It's hope. And so transition as painful as it as it is. And I could look I could look at the most painful times in my life and the biggest losses in my life. There was hope. And it was the biggest change in me that happened. And I I realized a little a little bit, a little bit, not a little bit, a lot more about God that I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have received that revelation without the transition, without the backdrop of loss. I agree. I agree. And I feel like we have this false thinking that when you become the Lord, then everything is going to be rainbows and unicorns and our life is never going to suffer anything. We have done such a bad um, representation of who God is, right? Because yes, he's the God that heals, restores, comforts, the God that provides, the God that is good. But he's also a God that because he loves us, he cannot leave us the way we are, right? We need to be transformed. And in order to be transformed, things need to die. And things need to be removed. And things need to be lost. And we have become such a microwave society that we want things right now, number one. Number two, we want the blessings, but we don't have the character, not the 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 discipline, nor the the greed that we need to hold the blessing, to be good stewards of it, right? Because if you see Joseph like me, we can go on in that scripture alone. I mean, there's so much goodness there. If you think about it, he learned his skills as a leader being in jail. Yeah. He learned to have faith because he was thrown in the pit. Right. He learned that you will do your good work because you're doing it for the Lord being a slave, right? right. You don't do work for people, you do it for the Lord, right? 
And he had to learn all those skills in order to be able to lead the country later, to be able to save humanity pretty much with, with, with the famine that happened um, and to manage and to have the heart to be able to forgive his family when his family came. So he had to go through all those years of transition, of character building, of discipline, of just learning that, hey, I'm not being right now seen. I'm not being, I mean, think about it. I'm in jail for something I didn't even do. Like learn forgiveness, learn that, and still performing your gift when you're not where you think you should be. But that's the reason why he was able to then be who he was created to be because he was able to be in the place where he was. Right. So he was the leader back there and he worked his gift and that that helped him to prepare for the actual position where he was able to manage. Um, And I feel like transition comes in different stages in our life. And when we're ready to be moved from one level to the other, there's another transition coming, right? you know, and we have to be okay with people leaving, people don't understanding, with loss, with pain. And I mean, just recently, these past six months, I felt like I have been going through a crushing and a pruning that it felt very different than that first transition, right? That I went through, that was a huge transition and this one, has been a hard transition too, but it's been hard in a different way. I right. feel like this was more like a pruning, like removing whatever was left that didn't remove back there. Now he's removing that here for a different level. I've been faithful in the little, right? Right. And now in order to move to a, a different level, he needs to transition me. And in order to transition me, he has to cut me. He right. has to kill me. He has to press me to see what comes out, right? And right. it's when we're pressed that we get to see really what comes out of us, right? That 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 oil, the anointing, the the truly Lord, I don't want nothing for me, I want it for you. You know? Right. But we have to be crushing that humility in removing pride, removing even the behaviors that we were taught when we were little, the patterns that we have adapted as our own that they were not supposed to be there, but because of life circumstances, because of the decisions that we made, we were molded. Right. But that's not the intent that God has for us. Right. I thought it was so interesting that you said Joseph learned his leadership in during that transition. And I, I, I never realized that until you said that. But if you, if you look at his leadership style before he went, uh, through the transition, he had no leadership. In fact, um, he made people around him feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable to the to the point where they wanted to kill him. You know, that's not leadership. But that that's like that's like pride. That's like you know making others feel get jealous. You know, he melted it. You know, um, I, unintentionally. And uh, reading reading through Joseph again. And part of the reason why I'm reading through Joseph again is because I shared a little bit about what about what God is showing me about the hope of Joseph um, at church past Sunday. And someone came up to me afterwards and she told me, I heard, John, you're supposed to write a book about this. 
So that's why I'm reading Joseph. But as I was reading, and I'm going to need your help, by the way, because it's like, since she wrote a book, I'm going to need some advice, <laughs> maybe some encouragement. Of course. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I was reading through it. And I think part of me blamed Joseph for being such a jerk. And that's why he went through it, because that's the religious thing to do. Um, I think as humans, religious humans or religious religious tendencies that we have, we want to blame something. We want to understand why someone goes through hard times. And so we look for someone to blame. And I guess subconsciously I was in, I was blaming Joseph. Oh, he's a jerk. He deserved to go to to slavery and jail. But when I was reading through it, I was like, no, he he was just being himself, you know. Um, he made mistakes, and th- he wasn't. He had character flaws, mm-hmm. but he had a heart of gold, I think. Um, and then I look at the brothers, you know, and it would be easy to get mad at them. But jealousy is is a very powerful thing. The Bible says that where jealousy is, every evil thing is, um, and so that includes murder. Um, and I'm just watching this guy go, you know, as I'm reading this story, I'm, I'm watching him. Oh, he's about to go through transition. And then he goes through transition and you see the difficulties. And I just feel like we're doing this show because this episode, because someone out there, you listener, someone needs to hear this, that you're going through transition. It wasn't your fault. You know, you make mistakes, you know, other people, it wasn't other people's fault. The people have done mean things to you, but the reason why you're going through what you're going through mm-hmm. is because the hand of God is on you. Yes. Yeah. That is the reason why Joseph went through that. It wasn't yes. it, it wasn't just because he made a mistake. It wasn't because his brothers were bad. His hand, the hand of God was on him. The only way, well, the way that God chose to put him at the highest level of government and he ended up ruling the world like when he had that dream where where the suns and stars were bowing to him you know or the the stars was bowing to him you know can you imagine what was going through his family's mind when he was telling that dream his dad even got offended and his dad loved him it said his dad was like how dare you speak that way to me like are you telling me, me and your mother to serve you? And that, but it said like afterwards, his dad pondered it because he was like, he knew, I think he knew that that dream was from God. So you have these dreams, you have these things, these grandiose things that God has planted in you. How are you going to get there? Joseph wasn't going to get there unless he went through transition and my gosh, it's so painful, guys. So painful. Oh it always lasts longer than you think it should. Because he went through not just one transition, back to back, two heavy, disruptive, like torturous transitions. Mm-hmm. When you think, okay, like I'm a slave, but my boss the guy who owns it all thinks so highly of me. He put me over everything. Just when you think like, okay, this is almost over. Boom. Your life changes again and you lose everything again. 
some of you are going through this and we're having this conversation because we want you to know that there's hope that don't give up just like Joseph didn't give up. And just like God's hand was on Joseph repeatedly, that, that part of scripture kept saying God's hand was on Joseph. God's hand was on Joseph. God's hand was on Joseph. God's hand is on you and you feel like giving up and you feel like you've lost everything and you feel like you can't lose anymore and you feel like you can't go anymore. And we're here to tell you, yes, you can. And God's hand is on you. Yes. Oh my God. The scripture that came on my head when you were talking about that was that remember when they were walking, what was it? Was the, the disciples were walking with Jesus and they see this blind man and he said, who sinned? And God said, no one's thing. This is for the glory of God. So it's so important that we recognize that Joseph was chosen. Before the creation of the world, he was predestined for a path. That's like us. God, before he called us, he has predestined us. That's what the word said. He has predestined us before the creation of the world. So when he needs us in our mother's womb and call us for existence, he already has a path for us. But in order for us to reach that path, we have to go through circumstances. Sometimes just evil things happen because there's evil around us, right? And uh, we, we cannot, we're not responsible for things that happen to us. We're not responsible when someone abuses us, when someone mistreats us, when someone abandons us. We're not responsible for that. We are just responsible for the healing that comes after that. We're responsible for surrendering our life to Jesus so he could come heal those places. And when we're broken, when there's nothing else to look up, that's the perfect scenario for God to show up. And that's where he wants us. When we're desperate, when we're broken, when there's no light, when we're like, Lord, where are you? If we just hold on a little longer, he will show up. And I have seen him in so many transitions in my life where I've been in that border that when you say, I can't do this anymore. Like in the border of suicide, I can't do this anymore. And that's the moment where he shows up because there's nothing else for us to hold on to, right? That's when we finally release and say, we cannot do this, Lord, just come. And we go to a transition and we overcome it, right? But then we tend to be complacent and we tend to stay here. And, oh, it all is good. I'm not gonna do nothing else with my life. I'm, I'm and God is saying, that was the first transition. I'm calling you for this, but you're stuck over here. So now we have to move you to another transition to remove whatever else needs to be removed to move you over here, right? And that's why transition is so hard for us because we are so comfortable, right? We, 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 we like habits. We like everything that is routine. Right. Something is out of the routine. Think about Jesus' life. Nothing in his life was a routine. He will wake up one day and let's walk over here. Let's walk over there. Let's do this. He never carried backpacks or face with him. He was completely detached and fully focused on the purpose that God had for him until he fulfilled it. And I feel like you, whoever is listening that is going to a very hard time, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are suffering, that are going to loss, um, that are just in a place where they say, I cannot do this anymore. 
good because God is not telling you to do this anymore. He's asking you to allow him to carry you. He's asking you to allow him to heal the broken places. He's asking you to allow him to step in full of glory in your life, to remove the dirt, to remove all the darkness for him to work through you so you can become all he created you to be. And it's not easy, but God disciplines those who he loves. Um, a scripture popped in my mind, and I'm going to paraphrase it here. It was I, I read it a couple of days ago, but it, basically what it said was, um, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back doesn't deserve the calling. Um, and one of the tactics of the enemy is to get you to look at what you lost to get you to look at the past. And listen, the whole reason you're even going through this is because there's a calling in your life. Yes. If you want to deserve the calling, stop looking back. Yes. It's time. It's time for you to look forward. There's a reason why the windshield is bigger. The front windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. You're supposed to be looking through the windshield. There's no future in the past. I'm just going to share that because that's that's when you say Please, that, please. That was uh, a chapter in my book that the Lord gave me. He woke me up one morning at 2 a.m. And he said, there's no future in your past. And he brought me to that scripture where I think it was, I always confuse Elijah or Elisha. I don't know how to pronounce it. When he burned everything, he burned it all and went full force into the calling. And um, so I feel like, those who are just mourning, it's okay to mourn for a little bit. But then it's time to let that past go because there's no future in your past. That will not have removed it if it will serve you in the future. Amen. I think this was such a powerful conversation. Um, I would love to end with you anything that you want to say whatever about your business about your life about whatever you want to talk about the floor is yours to close us out well wow. oh but I, I just want to say that you know sometimes we because of everything that we have gone through we may feel unqualified unworthy loved broken whatever you have called yourself whatever the world has labeled you that's not what god calls you and that's not his label he has chosen us. He called us to be his children, to adopt us. He adopted us into his kingdom. He called us a royal priesthood, heirs of his throne, a child of God. That's who you are. And you're going through what you're going through in order to produce the fruit that will not all the way will come out unless you bring pressure into. So everything that you have in you needs to come out. It's okay to learn for a little bit. But rejoice in everything, praising with thanksgiving and believing that everything you're going through is going to turn out for good. And you might not see yet the person that God called you to be or the, kill, the person that he's um, molding you to be. But that's not for you to see. Just like a, a butterfly doesn't see her own wings, you're not supposed to see your own wings. But the people around you are supposed to enjoy that beauty. And that beauty is coming out of those ashes. So keep pushing, keep pressing, 
surrender to the Lord, pray, praise Him, speak the word to yourself. I know that that's something that did for me that changed my life was just speaking His word out loud until my ears hear it and my brain and my heart will come in alignment with it. And just wait, wait for the Lord to manifest and do what He needs to do. Do not resist the transition because that will be delaying your blessing. I have to look forward. You know, I I love watching the Walking Dead series. I know I know it's not a very Christian series. I love it. And uh I um there was uh, there's a there's a um part where I just watch where like everything is so bad. Everything is so bad. And the two of the main characters were talking and they were talking about being a realist in the world they're in now. And one of the characters said something and, and I have wrote it down because it spoke to me so heavily, especially because God is talking to me about hope so much. And he said, it is no longer realistic to be a realist in the world anymore. Mm. And God just kept speaking to me and he said, John, things are so bad. It's not be it's not realistic to focus on what you think is and be a realist right now, but you need his hope. You your spirit cannot be charged. I said in one of my previous episodes, hope is like a battery for your spirit. People have died because of lack of hope. It actually affects people physically. Um, there are studies on this mm -hmm. and it is no longer realistic for you to be a realist and look at what that, what is so bad around you to look at what you lost. It is not realistic in the kingdom to function and to go forward by you being a realist. And so God is calling you to hope. God is calling you to look forward. God is calling you to put your hands back on the plow and stop looking back. And so I just thank you so much for coming on this show. I um I was looking forward to it, to finally talking about transition. And uh, it's been an honor to have you here. I feel like I have a new friend now and, uh, and I'm excited to see what God is going to do in your life. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so refreshing. I love just, you know, talking and sharing because I think that's how we grow, where we listen to other people's stories and, and what God is doing through others. Um, and that brings so much hope and so much joy, you know. So I'm grateful for you. Uh, I'm so blessed by you. And I just pray that the Lord will continue to use your mouth, your words, to preach, to touch people's lives in ways that you didn't even thought that were possible. Hey, I hope you liked the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.